And we are live with Living the Guide Life today. And we are still putzing around up north, just uh, having some fun. Can't complain, not much going on. This upcoming weekend's Memorial Day weekend. Um, hope you guys are going to be out on the lake doing something, having some fun, maybe some fishing, maybe some turkey hunting, whatever that is. I know we will be doing some fly fishing and some turkey hunting this weekend down in southeast Minnesota. Got a few buddies that still need to flip a few tags, so we're going to go try and uh, give her one last hurrah, as well as do some really deep, hard fly fishing. That's one of my favorite things to do in the summer is to fly fish. Wet wading, I mean, you can't beat it. Those small creeks down in southeast Minnesota, it's just so much fun. Like, if you guys are looking for a good area to fly fish around the Midwest, that is the spot. I mean, you can't beat it. But today we are brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Make sure to give us a call, come down and uh, hunt with us. I know it's going to be a lot of fun this year and it's going to be a game fair. Hopefully see some people over at Squad Fest. We'll be at Squad Fest um, and some more fun stuff like that. So should be a good year. Can't complain about that. Um, really excited about it. So shoot me a call, shoot me a text, shoot me a DM, whatever that is, and uh, get a hold of me. It'll be fun. But we are also brought to you by Bourbon Media and uh, got some really fun stuff in the bank. So keep a look. I'm going to give them a minute here. If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry, we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market. We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression. And that wraps things up for them. but. It's going to be really fun to see that progress and uh, see some of the next steps we have in line. So you guys are really going to enjoy it, and it will be a lot of fun. And as well as, if you haven't already, drop a like, drop a rate, whatever that is, um, a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Also, to shoot me a you know, follow on Instagram, Facebook our private group chat, all that kind of fun stuff. That way, if you have any personal questions, just shoot it on there or even shoot me a message. It doesn't matter. And uh, we'll get it all dialed in. So I hope you guys can uh, go reach out and do that and have some fun. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun with Jeff and Colton Colwell from front range guide service over in Colorado. Um super 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 fun guys to talk to and super cool to hear their different experiences hunting all different types of geese cuz they really get all of them. So super fun to discuss that and their pit hunting and all that kind of different techniques that they use to uh shoot them up in Colorado and deal with all that hunting pressure so super fun to hear their story about that and dig more into that topic 
And uh, we really hope you guys enjoy this one. And we are live living the guide life podcast today. And we have Jeff and Colton Colwell from Colorado Front Range Guide Service with us today. And uh, we're going to talk about some goose hunting and what they do over there. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, not. It's going to be here before we know it, man. I mean, it's, it's yeah. May, but then all of a sudden you turn around and here it is October and we're hunting again. Oh, absolutely. What oh. do you guys... I noticed you guys hunt out of pits a lot. Are you putting them in during the off season or during the season? We put generally uh, right before we get started. Okay. Um, we'll start in about October. As soon as they get crops out, we're putting pits in, getting them dug, getting lids on, and and getting cranking. It's a it's a long process. It's a lot of fun. Colton really enjoys that. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not one of my favorite things to do, but it's something that has to be done before every season, of course. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many fields? How many pits do we have? Oh, we've been. You know, it, it varies year to year, depending upon how many pits. Some, we have some farms we have multiple fields that we'll put, you know, double pits. But it's usually it's going to be somewhere in that you know fifteen to twenty range somewhere oh, wow. in there that we're putting in every year. So it's fun. Yeah. No kidding. And then we have we have a, a couple permanent pits too as well, which are extremely nice because those require minimal work throughout the year. Just yeah. to keep them in good shape before the season starts, of course. Yeah, <laughs> always, always brushing the duck blinds too, and the and on the water locations too, and that that gets started a little earlier even than the pit. So okay, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot. Everybody says that you know, <laughs> I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and it's like you know, good for a year. And tell me how lucky you are. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, how do you guys pick out where you want to put your pit? Like, how do you guys decide the areas? Well, I, I mean, as far as that, I mean, a lot of the farms that we have are, are farms that we've had for a lot of years. So um, we've been hunting the same locations over and over for, you know, for a lot of years. But, yeah. um, you know, occasionally we will be able to pick up a new one here and there. But it, it's tough sledding here on the Front Range of Colorado. A lot of the good fields are either taken by, by us or other outfitters or even just individuals themselves. Yeah. So um, there's not a lot of open ground. I mean. Colorado is one of those states that you can't just go up and knock on the door anymore and get permission to hunt. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it used to be that way when I was a kid, but um, it's not that really that way anymore. But um, so those locations are kind of, oh, tried and true locations, you know, that yeah. we watch flight patterns and watch where the birds go every year and, and what's going on. And so that helps us decide and, and fields that we want to keep, fields that we may keep. And you know, and it, it's always kind of funny because there's some that will will end up subleasing, yeah, um, stuff like that. And then of course those end up being hot spots where all the birds are flying <laughs> <laughs> that year. Seems like, but um, but you know, most most generally they're the same spot year in year out. I mean, these birds are pretty programmed. They're pretty trained, and is is to where, um, you know, they're very imprinted. And these yeah. birds are coming back to the same reservoirs, you know, year after year after year, and and we try and uh, position ourselves close to those areas and as close to those areas and directions that those birds are going to be going out from those reservoirs to feed. Yeah. So that's how we do that. As, as well as on top of that, we typically, like most people here in Colorado, and I'm sure it's kind of the same, 
in other places or in other areas that people do a lot of pit hunting, but people just typically put their pit smack dab right in the middle of the field. We try to generally stay away from that just to mm. give birds a little bit of a different look um, versus like just seeing a pit right in the middle of the field. So yeah, we kind of like to put ours not necessarily on edges, but like maybe closer to an edge or in a corner or somewhere you might see birds feeding in a field that's not just in the middle of the field, of course. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, we we kind of did figure that out. You're, I mean, everybody's notorious that you've got a 40-acre field, so you're going to put that pit dead center middle. Yeah. And and my opinion is that over time, those birds, especially as they get pressured and they get, you know, leaned on a little bit, they start they start becoming a little bit more wary about this location. I mean, everybody's like, well, you got a pit, you got the best hide in the world. Well, that's not necessarily always true. Yeah. Um, just because of the fact that, and we're, we're also very cautious and very careful as we drive in. We do one track in and one track out. We don't go up to the pit, do donuts around the pit, and unload decoys, yeah. and then drive all around. All you do is just create this big bullseye. So we do one track right down by the pit and right out the other end of the field. Okay. And and honestly, I think that makes a huge difference. They're still going to get trampled, you know, over the season around the pit. It just yeah. gets mad. It's just just part of the program but i think all those things help too as well yeah oh absolutely the little things are the biggest parts of it i mean right even for us like throwing out layouts like even if you stomp around the snow too much like you just create that ring around them and it's just like it's one of those things yeah it's 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 no different really than than mud in the layout blind or whatever i mean those pit that has to be camouflaged just no no two ways around it we're very notorious and and very uh um, sticklers i guess i would say on on how our pits look yeah yeah birds generally don't i mean i don't know how many times a year i'm sure colton's had a student guidance for me is we have clients and they get out and stop the truck we've got a comb there to mark where our pit is in the middle <laughs> of the field or a or stake and yeah and the client would be like well where's the pit and i'm like it's right there <laughs> I mean, they, most of the time they don't see the pit. So the pits uh, and, and all that, like you said, same thing. It's about layout lines, even, you know, when yeah. you're stomping around and creating a big mud hole and if, if everything's covered in snow and you got this big mud pit around your, your layout line, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. How many guys can you throw in a pit down there? Yeah, most of our pits are all six. We do a lot of six man pits where okay. we have one guide, one guide and, and up to five clients a lot of times. We also do put in several uh, pits a year that are nine man. We we do have some groups that'll come and they've got, you know, eight guys or whatever, or maybe seven, six guys or whatever. And they all want to hunt together. Yeah. So we, we try and accommodate. We put some of our, our bigger pits and some of our more consistent locations where we, um, you know, to where we feel we can get them pretty consistently throughout the season. So if we get a bigger group, we can put them in there. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so most of them are six, but some are nine, I guess I should say. So, okay. Yeah, that works yeah. out. That works out nice, huh? I yeah. mean, when you guys are hunting, uh, like let's say your six man pit, do you only run one guide, just one collar? There's a lot of time if we've if we've got four clients, um, per se and, and Colton's not working, we only have you know, maybe we have two groups that day and maybe Kyle's running a group or Colton's running a group. A lot of times I'll get Kyle to go with me or get Colton to go with me. It makes a difference. There's yeah. no doubt. When we can run two guides and run, you know, double call and double flag and everything that does make a difference. And 
you know, and the fact of the matter is here, we're not fortunate here in Colorado. I mean, I can literally almost count on both of my hands and, and a lot of times only on one hand throughout the course of the season when we actually had birds feeding on our field. Oh, wow. Very, very rare. Yeah. We're trapping birds all the time and people are like, oh man, that's not, well, you can, you can trap them and there's no doubt you can, but it's got to be right. The pit's got to be right. The setup's got to be right. The calling's got to be right. Everything has to be right can trap those geese consistently and we've proven that in of course yeah. like 13 years and doing this that it does work yeah no doubt oh absolutely yeah. yeah that's one of uh i love trafficking birds i mean up here in minnesota it's pretty easy to get on fields like x fields and stuff like that because we don't yeah. run into many guys that lease stuff so right like right. we have that advantage but i mean if you can't get on a field trafficking birds is like one of the like funner things because when you can get get them to do it like it's like that's oh, yeah. sweet yeah for sure for sure you guys mainly hunt um bigger geese up there i would assume you don't get a lot of little ones up there do you or yeah we hunt all big geese we'll probably yeah. shoot like i think we got like three lessers last year total. Yeah. Yeah. so like yeah. all big geese all mallards and then <laughs> get like get like your pintails in there every once in a while Mm -hmm. but like big geese and mallards are kind of our bread and butter mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but nice and then how about you guys do you guys shoot any like big geese down there or is it just mainly lessers we shoot a wide variety <laughs> we, yeah. it's not uncommon throughout the on a guide trip if we have five guys and we have 25 geese it's, it's actually not that terribly uncommon to have literally four or five or maybe even more different oh, wow. subspecies get a lot we get them all the way from the teeny teeny tinies from the little richardsons all the way to an 11 pound big honker i no mean kidding. we get a lot of them. we a lot of our birds i mean the the majority of our wintering population is is what they consider the high line population which is like a seven to nine pound bird okay <laughs> kind of the we call them the garden variety medium <laughs> <laughs> we got the littles the mediums and the bigs yeah the bigs are when we when the bigs come into town, that's when we just kind of giggle because yeah. we we traditionally we hunt a lot of little dark snow geese here is what we hunt really. Oh so yeah, we have a lot of little ones, a lot of little ones, and a lot of mediums. Yeah, a lot of mediums, which makes the hunting tough. Mediums are definitely underrated as far as how hard they are to hunt. They are extremely smart. They're yeah. definitely different, like than the one or two year old bird that you know go to Texas like the lessers do. Yeah. We typically actually don't get a lot of big geese unless we have a very cold year. Like this past mm. year, um, it was pretty mild as far as weather is concerned. And we never actually got our big geese. Like they just stayed and hung up in Montana and Wyoming throughout the whole entire season. So yeah, when we do get our big geese, we're extremely happy because we typically don't have to put as many decoys out or call as much or flag as much, which is nice for us as guides, obviously. But yeah, um, uh, it's just a part of it. We, we have a lot of geese here, but a lot of them are hunted really hard. And a lot of them are those medium geese that, you know, get hunted hard, obviously, in that high line, fly line. Yeah. 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 yeah you said I think our dog here Reed, our lab here. Reed's getting excited. He wants to get in on the podcast here, I think. Oh, <laughs> and there's all the hunting talk. And he's hearing about him. geese and he's ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> crawling on my lap. What kind of dog yeah, you guys those, got? But the medium, the medium ones are the tough. Ones. The, yeah, we have yellows. We have two. Um, oh, nice. Uh, and they're they're both yellow labs. 
So yeah. yeah. That's exciting. How old are they? Reed is going to be three mm. and Sprig is going on geez, he's eight, I believe. Seven as of now. So eight coming yeah. up here. So he's okay. he's about he's kind of his over the hill stage. He's he's got some back issues and so we I'll hunt him and uh, a little bit and once you know he's kind of one of those deals when he'll hunt one or two days and yeah. then he's pretty much toast for a couple of days. He's got some fat back stuff, so okay, that's rough on him. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, no you said doubt. that Colton, you said that you guys uh, had a pretty mild winter. We had a very <laughs> mild season for us as well. Like it was, yeah, it was really warm. Yeah, and I mean, we got our first cold front early, which was at the end of October. Canada yep. goose season was closed by then. Um, so we kind of hunt the Canada geese, and that's when we got our first original push. And after that, we kind of stuck with those geese yeah. for a long time. We got a few that would trickle down occasionally, but for the most part, it was just a lot of the same geese. And for the first like two or three weeks of the season, the hunting was exceptional. Like we we could like almost not guarantee because you can never guarantee shooting a limit, but we could go out and shoot limit limits a lot of days and. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, because we got new, no new birds, it was getting extremely tough. And everybody hunting in pits around here and everybody having a lot of decoys now is making it really tough. We have a lot of hunting pressure around here. It's not like a lot of other states where you don't, you can go and get away from the hunting pressure. There's nowhere around here you can get away from the hunting pressure. Yeah. And everybody has pits now. So it's not like anybody's doing anything different. Um, so that's why paying attention to details makes us a little bit better than the rest of everybody else. I would say that's hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just got to make sure and pay attention to details, but yeah, during a mild, like a, a mild winter like that, it makes it tough towards the end, but we still averaged. I'm not, how many birds did we average mm-hmm. per guy? It was, it was a pretty good season. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had our best season ever, and that that was it was an incredible year. And I mean, with a five bird average, and, and with clients shooting, we as guides, uh, we don't shoot at all. We don't even oh, carry really? a gun. No, we are not allowed. We're to not allowed to in Colorado. In Colorado. So, oh, no um, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, so any any photos or advertisement or anything that you see about us is all clients shot birds. We don't shoot along with them. Now there are some guys that do. We don't, um, according to law, according to the Division of Regulatory Agencies with Colorado, we can't actually shoot yeah. while guiding. So and it's not a Division of Wildlife thing. It's, it's with our licensing um, through the state. But uh, the DOW, as long as you were licensed and had state and federal duck stamps and everything, they wouldn't care. But we also kind of, um, when I first started the business there years ago, we decided that, um, you know that was that was not something we were going to do. I've been on hunts where the outfitters and the guide shot, and I never really cared for that very much. Yeah. Um. Um. And so our our main objective is to make sure that the clients get shooting. So you know, a lot of times, that's the other part of the equation. You know, if you look at our photos, a lot of times if we're posting photos on on Instagram or Facebook or whatever that are that are recent photos. A lot of times the amount of birds on the ground doesn't always tell the full story. Yeah. Sometimes it goes the other way. Sometimes we got guys that can shoot really well, but we just don't have a great day, obviously. But yeah. there are a lot of times when, when obviously we should have probably had a lot more birds. Than yeah. we did. But, you know, but that's, that's all just part of the equation. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yep. Client shooting can be fun. 
it can and and you know and, and it's we try and do a really good job of, of making sure letting and in the pit it makes it a little bit easier i mean you can talk down the pit at each other and yeah and and we're very good and very much sticklers on on trying to get our clients coordinated we we always have the front and the back there's no one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock that always gets confused you say yeah. one o'clock and then they're at five yeah you know so it's always on your end on our end in the back in the front and so they know exactly where they're looking we want them to have their pit lid open a little bit that's 90 percent of the fun too you want to be able to see the birds work yeah i don't also like the the fact that a lot of guys will put their guys in the pit totally shut their lids to where they can't see it all that's no fun yeah nobody has fun doing that you want to be able to see those geese decoying and coming in too as well yeah but uh we've been on well i say we he has been on a couple of guided crane hunts um where I mean, obviously, cranes are more particular as far as, like, vision and stuff. But they, they kind of close up the blinds where it makes it kind of hard to see. And yeah. we just believe that for as far as our clients are concerned, that we would rather have them see than actually decoying the geese. So yeah. they're here for the experience. That's a part of the reason why we don't shoot with our clients, too, as well, is because they're here for their experience. We're here to make the experience for them. And we just believe that not shooting with them as a part of that and with and with that being said too we we uh we have a little bit of a policy we can't guarantee success obviously that yeah. wouldn't be legal and it wouldn't be even i mean that's not a good thing to do you can yeah. never should never guarantee anything obviously but uh but our guarantee to our clients is this that we're going to get opportunities at decoying canada's or we're going to rehunt you yeah and when we say decoying canada's we mean birds that are committed to the decoys not a pass shot not a 40 yarder coming over top of the pit. We go, man, we got to save our day. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. We're going to decoy some. Now, some days, you know, some days those opportunities are limited. Other days, there's other days, it's like, oh my goodness, we should have been done an hour and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's just part of the deal. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. And how did you guys, or how did you get this all started up? What made you want to start up a guide service in Colorado? You know, I've I've kind of grown up and and I've done a lot of different a lot of different videos. You know, from from basically from agricultural farm work to um, even uh, working in the retail industry. Oh wow! Uh, as far as importing goods, retail industry as well. And but then in the same token, growing up, I just always had a passion for waterfowling. I always yeah. had that passion, <laughs> and so I actually worked for another company um, as as a guide. Um, for a lot of years until I finally just decided, you know what, I, I want to build this for myself. Yeah, I have the connections. I have the the agricultural farm connections. I have a lot of that stuff already in place. I just want to actually start my own business, and so that's kind of how it took off and started the business, and it's been super successful. I mean, we can't complain at all. It's been it's been a fun ride. It's it's been good, and and things have been, um, you know, the business is growing. We yeah every year every year it's it's more and more and a lot of word of mouth you know which is great with with business obviously we do a lot of advertising through social media and stuff but yeah there's a lot of word of mouth too that people just say oh man you guys need to hunt with those guys i mean so it, it worked but it, it's been a good thing we you know gosh that's been like 13 years ago now so it's, yeah. it's going oh, going really well that's awesome yeah, yeah. No. and then do you guys hunt just out of pits or are you hunting out of like a frames or layouts or anything else 
we will we we do have some we haven't we have we can hunt out of a frames and we do also do some you know we've got some water locations yeah um there's sometimes late in the season we'll run an ice eater and put an ice eater in and hunt over floaters and shells on the on the ice stuff like that so we do that as well at times uh just kind of depending um you know it really depends but most of the time it's out of pits it's, it's okay. probably 99 percent yeah out of pits or permanent permanent blind locations but there are occasions if we've got some maybe that are feeding on one of the ends of our fields or whatever and we cannot pull them to the pit you yeah. know yeah it's just one of those deals then maybe we're going to go down and we're going to try an a-frame down on the corner of the field or something or on the pivot corner or something you know yeah but there are opportunities where we will try that but 99 percent of the time it's out of the pit blind yeah oh absolutely and what kind of decoys do you guys usually like to run out there are they stock silhouettes <laughs> full bodies like what's your go-to we we run a giant spread of silhouettes we, yeah. we do run a lot of silhouettes we also do run a lot of full bodies too as well um and sometimes in conjunction sometimes we run them both you know but um there's a lot of times with uh um where we will just run silhouettes and yeah. it's very effective and it's very effective on the little geese it's it's mm. super effective on them and with big numbers but that's that's obviously the ticket to that. So yeah. really it's not feasible with full bodies unless you're gonna, you know, drive a semi trailer into the field. It's not feasible to to actually have a full body spread that's that large. So yeah. that's the only way to do it is with silhouette. So you know, a lot of our, our trailers are kind of the what what you would call the clown car. The decoys just keep coming out and keep coming out and keep coming out. It's like, man, how many more like all the time clients are like how many more are we get? We're gonna put all them all out. We're gonna put them all out. All of them. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, but yeah, so it is a lot of silhouettes. Honestly, we run a lot of silhouettes and and then some full bodies too in conjunction. We got big geese around sometimes. that we'll run a few dozen full bodies, and that's it. You yeah. know, if we think we can get them on those, then we'll do that. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, silhouettes have been a game changer even for us. I mean, you can throw them out so quick, and you can throw out big numbers if you need to like they're awesome absolutely we've been we as well as we've been running silhouettes for the entirety of the business um i mean a lot of people here locally like to say it too as far as like locally concerned he jeff being my dad was like one of the originators of running silhouettes around here nobody ran silhouettes nobody thought silhouettes would work after the full bodies that came out you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And he was running a lot of silhouettes. And one, he was able to put out more decoys faster and pick up easier, yeah. um, which allowed him to put out more decoys. But nobody just thought it would work. So the, the phase, or I guess um, the idea that silhouettes worked just kind of came about as a few years back. But we've been running them forever. Obviously, now we run dive bomb silhouettes just because they're, they're light or easy to pack. Yeah, they organize well um and we really like the the company and the people behind it too as well but you know we've been running silhouettes for a really long time and that's something that i think is kind of new to a lot of people even to this day yeah oh absolutely we even have i mean every year we have clients to come with us these things even work you know you start putting out silhouettes in the morning and they you know they they think that it's not going to work or they think they paid just to go on a hunt where the guides don't know what they're doing, but really in reality, everybody has a different way or different style of hunting. Right. Yeah. Um, and we believe in motion 
here and we believe that the cell wets kind of give the effect of yeast moving on the ground when they look at them at different angles so we really like the cell wets yeah oh i'm laying yeah. on that they're they're sweet i mean i was kind of skeptical on them a little bit right when i started out but i just uh didn't really have much time using them and then once i picked up my first couple like i was like switch the flip the switch for me yeah they're they're nice and they and like i said with organization too and trailer i mean you can put 50 60 dozen yeah. what's in the in the nose of the trailer up there and, and still have room in the back for all your full bodies and everything and it's really nice it, it makes it nice it also makes it really nice on snow days when it's snowing sideways yeah and so what don't gather as much snow we get some of those days here obviously in colorado <laughs> here so it's nice to have that, not nice to have that option you know to be able to run nothing but silhouettes too at times so yeah yeah and like the price difference for full bodies and silhouettes right is a right. huge deal yeah. right right and you know honestly some people call me crazy but i'm a firm believer in this is that uh no matter what it is, whether it's a full body or a silhouette or a tire decoy or a, I mean, whatever it may be, a shell decoy, whatever it may be, it's still a plastic goose. Yeah. They know. <laughs> Trust me. They know. And, you know, there is, we know some guys and they've got a giant spread of stuffers and he'll be the first one to tell you that they're not God's gift as well. Yeah. I mean, there's times when the birds won't decoy to the stuffers as well and they'll blow right by them. It's still, and it's, it's, you know, probably the biggest issue in reality is the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, they're not walking. They're yeah. not walking across the field. They're not moving. You know, you can have great motion and it, and it makes it obvious on the day when you've got wind. Yeah. When you have wind. What happens? Normally you wear them out. And, and that, and that is, because the decoys are moving there, there's movement in the spread and they buy it yeah and that's really what it is i mean you can put out you know 40 dozen whatever decoys and it may look awesome to us yeah it still looks like it's still fake geese to them you know yeah so and that's one reason why i, I do like the wets as well because i do think like Fulton said they create that illusion of movement you know throughout the spread and and that does definitely help without a doubt so, yeah Oh, no question. I mean, when they're flying around, checking things out, like sure. you just get that different angle of the silhouette. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you, we've done some, with dive bomb, we've done some, like some, uh, some drone footage and stuff like that. Too, yeah. Looking over top of the decoy spread. It's very shocking as to how well a silhouette, a two dimensional decoy actually shows up. People don't believe that. Yeah. And then you see it with the drone footage and you're like, they look as good as a full body does. Oh, and it's like absolutely. they never would have thought that from above that they would actually look good. They actually look really, really good. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's very surprising. Very surprising. What I became a fan of was the contrast ones. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. like to run those out there, but we are you talk about like black and white. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And I I have quite a few black and whites, and I'm still I'm 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 kind of I've always sort of been and Colton knows this is this is kind of one of my big particular things but I am convinced on no doubt the fact that I think birds truly do see in UV and I think on those days when we have like a filtered light yeah. you know there's been a lot of companies that have tried to come out with that UV type paint to paint your decoys yeah and I'm sure that does help to some extent but I will tell you it's 
still not right. Yeah, there's no doubt. And and a, and a live bird, if you see live geese walking around the field, whether they're snow geese, Canada geese, I don't care what it is, mallards, anything, they all have a sheen. You know, for years everybody thought, oh man, it's got to be flat. It's got to yeah. be flat black. Flat. Flop. Yeah, like when the flop fully flop decoys came out, everybody was on that page. Yeah. And, I'm not, I'm not convinced on that. If you watch a flock of birds in a field, as they move and as they're walking around through that field, they will shine. They will glimmer as they, you know, that oil off of their, I mean, you got to remember that the, the bird preens its feathers every day. He's putting oil from the gland on their feathers. They have a shine. Yeah. They really do. And, but I am still convinced that there is something in that UV deal. Filtered light days is when we really notice it. That's yeah. when we really, really, truly notice is when you get these filtered light days where it's not, you know, fully signing. I mean, honestly, people will be like, well, what's your favorite day to goose hunt? And I'll tell them hands down, it's two, three inches of brand new fresh snow and clear bluebird skies. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. After the snow, they want to get on the ground and feed. No, they don't <laughs> see well. Yeah. Like, I'm convinced of that. I'm 100% convinced that those birds just don't see as well. A great example of it is imagine like every snow goose guide ever that you have ever talked to. And if you ask them what would be their favorite conditions they would t- they would take day in, day out, it'd be sunny and wind. Yeah. And we were we would agree with that too as well. Like it's yeah. the same way for the candy geese. You gotta have sun and wind. Yeah, yeah. And it does and it makes a big difference. You get those days to where you kind of get this weird filtered light, let's say you hunt for a portion of the morning and you're gonna break for lunch and you're gonna gonna run over to bruce's and grab a burger or whatever and then yeah. come back to the pit in the afternoon and we we notice a lot of times if you drive out of the field and you look back at the decoy spread they will look great i don't care what it is it looks great yeah and a goose at a distance no matter how far away you are they look black yeah birds look black so your point exactly in the black and white i do buy into that to some extent i think that contrast i definitely think it really helps you on the filtered light days now as far as us maybe necessarily running a full black and white spread i haven't gotten to that point yet just yeah. because of the fact that i a lot of days i really don't have enough black and whites to do that with a full black and white spread i've got a lot of but i don't we, have that many, we, but. well he did one day try just 15 dozen black and white silhouettes over here on one of our fields now granted they were feeding it in it the evening before but they they warm out so yeah. i don't know what it quite <laughs> fine i mean they yeah. decoyed really really well but yeah i i think i think there's definitely something to do that dance I, I really do is that you know there's there's something there and nobody's ever really quite figured it out and it's funny because like i said you know we get a little wind get some sunshine and the birds just decoy good yeah and the next day it's it's dead flat calm and you get this filtered light where it's kind of that kind of that grayish look in the sky but it's not you know guys are like oh we got some clouds today i'm like that's not necessarily good yeah i mean we're gonna have clouds i want low hanging i want stuff right on the ground yeah i want really low nasty dark gray clouds i don't want that high filtered cloud stuff the birds fly high they yep. don't decoy well generally that's just that's just the nature of the beast so yeah i i'm 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 on board with that as well with yeah. the with contrast deal i i truly believe in that to an extent um you know guys i mean like the late and great tim grounds would have told you 100 percent. he'd say man black and white baby black and white <laughs> 
he shot a lot of geese for a lot of years over nothing but those back in Illinois back there and stuff. They they killed a lot of birds over those black and white spreads. And it still works today. Yeah. I promise. It does. It still works. Yeah. In and, the right location. Oh, you can get away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lo- location, 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 right? So I mean you can you can be in a pretty crap spot where i'm out yeah or be in a good spot i mean and have bad equipment and all that stuff wear the geese out you know oh yeah yeah no i mean you made a great point about like the uv um because i mean one of my mentors that got me into hunting i mean he kept telling me and telling me and he's an older guy probably like i don't know uh 75 now 77 now but he would he would always tell me like don't ever like soap your clothes when you wash them in the dryer and or like in the washer and like make sure to mud all your stuff like get that shine out of there that uv out of there because it really sure. makes a difference sure sure absolutely i i'm convinced i think i know the bird sees something different in that i mean whether it be a you know the well spring turkey season now but whether it be a turkey fan if it's true turkey feathers yeah if it's a true turkey fan Versus the synthetic fan, they can tell. They oh, yeah. know the difference. They can definitely tell that. And I think geese are very well the same with that. And they, you know, it's it's you can get a lot of interest out of birds on those days with filtered light days, and it's and that's where that's where you can really tell. I mean, if everything's right and you have all the the equations right, you're you're on the flight line. You have a good pit. You have a good decoy spread and everything you get that interest and they swing and they swing and they swing and they never freak out. Yeah. They never flare. They never freak out. They don't bug out. They don't do anything crazy. They just won't do it. Or maybe you get a couple of birds, you get one or two to go to the ground and the rest of them swing, 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 swing. And then they fly off. To me, that's a great example. The birds weren't scared of what you were selling. Yeah. They liked what they were hearing. They liked the call. They liked the flag. They liked the decoy spread. They liked the, your configuration of your decoy spread and how you set it up. They like all that. They just don't decoy because they just don't think they're real. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. so that's where all those things come into play where calling decoy setup, all that stuff has to be really right or else you can have a lot of long days. <laughs> we have some. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you're going to have some. And anybody that tells you they get them every day, I look at them dead in the eye and say, you're lying. Yeah. Because nobody <laughs> gets them every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. And you guys run snow goose hunts out there, don't you, as well? In Out in Nebraska, we do. Yeah. yeah okay. We run in the spring conservation season, we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, last year you guys was really good. Nebraska, then? What's that? How far are you guys from Nebraska? Uh, from the border, we're only about two hours from here. Um, so northern Colorado, or I guess like the Windsor Fort Collins area, we're about two hours from the border. Okay. So not that far. It's about three to three and a half hours to our hunting location to where we're where we're hunting the snows in the spring. Yeah. So, so you guys had a pretty good season for that then. We did. We did extremely yeah. well season. Yeah. Um. Now, granted, we would have liked to have hunted more days um but it is what it is sometimes clients have you know issues with that many guys it's hard to get you know eight to ten guys all on the same page and ready to go so yeah 
it is what it is, but we, we had a blast. That's kind of my jam out there is that snow goose hunting thing. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I love setting a bunch of decoys. I love giant spreads. I love the, the camaraderie of hanging out with all those clients, you know, and all your guys. Um, it, it makes it blast. Yeah. Yeah. Snow goose hunting is a lot of fun. Like, I, yeah. I really yeah. have a good time with that. I did some over in yeah. uh, South Dakota and mm-hmm. we did, we did pretty good, but it's, it's fun. It's tough, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. It's very, it's very humbling. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's funny. I mean, one of the best days that, well, the best day that we had all season this last spring was the day that we didn't think we were going to get them that good. We took a flyer. Yeah. yeah. We really, we really <laughs> we, threw a flyer and I was like, that's what we got. We, the field that was like, would be considered the heck was going to be hunted by family friends. So, we went the field over and to be honest, we like thought that one we'd get short stop because they're in between us and the lake. And then on top of that, we didn't even know if they're gonna really come over the field. And the field was short, it was small, but it, it worked out. It was one of those days that like we literally could not do anything wrong. You could just like stand a headstand in that decoy spread and just still shot hundred geese or over hundred geese. Jeez. So that's pretty sweet. It was really good. Yeah. We had a- we had a couple of days like that, but obviously a lot of our days are in the twenties or thirties. But I'm um, we Which had a couple of days. Really yeah. good. We've talked about that over and over too, Chance. And that's the crazy thing is that people are like, "Oh gosh, oh, they only got." I mean, you get well, they shot seventeen or they yeah. shot twenty those or whatever, and people are like, "Oh yeah, well that wasn't that great." Everybody has this, you know, predetermined notion that they're going to shoot a hundred snow geese. Mm-hmm. We've had several. We had some this last year's couple of days of you where we shot over a hundred snuggies, but um, it just doesn't happen yeah. as often as what as what we would like. Obviously, yeah. we do have a lot more of those days in the twenty to fifty range. Probably is probably our our average. But the funny thing about it is, if you go Canada goose hunting, you shoot twenty Canada geese and you're high five. <laughs> Yeah. You shoot twenty snuggies and they're like, ah, it wasn't that good. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is pretty good. <laughs> you still got twenty geese. But yeah. <laughs> I think the idea of like you go snow goose hunting and shoot a hundred geese is way overrated. That's what everybody sees on film, right? That's yeah. what everybody sees on social media. And it's kind of hard because we've almost created the monster ourselves. That's kind of what we you know promote or if those days that we have over a hundred geese. But yeah. When it comes down to it, a 20 goose snow goose hunt can be just as fun as a 167 goose snow goose hunt. Um, it just depends upon one, how how good the guide is with, you know, connecting with the, the clients and having a good time and making sure to enjoy it. Because more than likely, a lot of the clients that at least we get, they're just out there to have fun. Yeah. Like, obviously, they want to shoot some geese too as well, but a lot of the guys are just genuinely there to have fun. And that's the kind of clients that we appreciate one, but two, that's what kind of we want to promote too as well. We, we want to promote the experience. The memories made are obviously more important than the number of geese you've got. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a great point. I was talking to Wade Shoemaker about that as well on like selling the experience. Like there's that yeah. piece of it where it's like, you want to sell the experience because people want to come bring their kids, bring their buddies, mm-hmm. have fun. And there's also like, okay, you also have to show some pile picks to prove it. But if you show too many, then you set that expectation. And then there's like that in-between piece of like, you got to do this. But yeah, Yeah, it's a a fine line. It is. It's a real, it's a real strange line to ride actually. But as an outfitter and a guide, you 
that's what you do. I mean, you have to do that. I mean, in the same token, it's you want we want everybody to shoot them. I mean, yeah. if we had it our way, I mean, I would prefer that everybody shot a limit every day they hunt. It just it just doesn't happen that yeah. way, honestly. But you know, and and on the snows, uh, you know, we've always told people. He said, "Well, here's the deal: is that you know we uh, like like talked about on the candas. I can't guarantee success on the snow geese. We're you know they're they're paying for an opportunity now we're going to do our homework we're going to work our tail off trust me but um, yeah. we're going to make sure that 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 tries to work out but um you know on the snows they're just so unpredictable as you know i mean yeah. you've snows before you just don't know and i mean one day you can shoot five and the next day you shoot 105 and <laughs> for no apparent reason changed and you're like i i don't know i yeah. I, I have nothing i don't know why they worked better that yesterday you know yeah but yeah so, but it is, it's fun. It's a fun game and, and we're gluttons for punishment. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I farm in the summer and I goose guide in the winter. Yeah. I'm obviously a glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And then like you're saying too, about the snow goose hunting, like if you shoot 20 Canada's, you're all pumped up. Absolutely. People, yeah, absolutely. People just think like, oh, because you can use tubes and you can use an e-collar and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. That we should just be mashing them up, and it's just like right. not the case. Like not doesn't always happen like that. No, it it's not. And you know, it's funny too because with a good point you raised on that too is that oftentimes, I mean, we have a lot of guys that I've got a lot of guys that are return clients year after year after year. They hunt snows with us. They hunt Canada's with us, and they'll be the first ones to tell you that you know they they've had hunts with us. They had a forty five minute Canada goose shoot. Yeah, we shot. We shot 25 Canada's in 45 minutes. They'll also admit to you that they've had days where we hunted all day from dark to dark. And we shot five. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. But the the point in this and, and with being an outfitter and a guide, something that we decided a long time ago that we're going to make sure this happens is that we want everybody to have fun regardless of the outcome of whether they shoot five or they shoot 25, right? Yeah. But that's what it boils down to. And I mean, literally, it's funny because with guides and outfitters, um, we think our job is really just to bring those birds within gun range, get those birds decoying and everything. It is to a point. But the other part of the equation is really in reality, we're in the entertainment business. Yeah. And we have to have a good day. You know, we're going to have to have a good day in the field. We have a lot of people who can go out and they may shoot five, six, seven birds. I don't know and have just a fantastic time and come back yeah and I've, we've actually had people that have that have had other hunts with other outfitters before that they said they shot a limit really quick but that that was not what brought them back to us yeah you know that the fact of the matter that we killed geese was was the icing on the cake people want to enjoy it they get their whole family out or they have you know a corporate group of some guys from their work whatever they want to get the guys out on a hunt and everything want to make sure they have a good time first and foremost secondly yeah. is, is that if they get to harvesting geese obviously then that's that's icing on the cake but but that that's a really fine line to walk really is that you know and there's nobody nobody trust me uh, whether it's us or any other outfitter any other, any outfitter in the nation i promise you or in anywhere will tell you there is nobody that feels worse when somebody has a bad day yeah. than us than the, than the guide the yeah. guide and the op i mean 
you know, don't know this time, just call my dad. No, <laughs> yeah, you gotta talk to him. I know it was a bad day, but call him. No, he's the boss. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, truth be known, that is that's there's nobody that feels worse than us because we want everybody to shoot them. And, yeah. and you know, and that's like I said, that's part of the equation too. And and sometimes we we may get a little bit upset when the birds do decoy really well, they're backpedaling and they're landing it. 10 yards 15 yards and the clients come up and unload their guns and we go one yeah you know but uh, that that's all part of it too because people are there to have a good time and a lot of people you know and i i, I remind colton i remind kyle i remind all of my guys all the time i said look that's probably the first time some of these guys may have shot their shotgun all season yeah they come goose hunting with it you can't expect people to shoot well if they shoot that little, you know, and, and it, it is what it is. But yeah. you know what? The, the, we're okay with all of it, regardless. Yeah. When I was out in uh, South Dakota snow goose hunting, I was out with Northern Skies, and, uh, I mean, we we were running, we ran with a group, like, I think it was 12 guys came out, and, uh, like, I want to say, like, four of them, like, literally pulled their gun out of, their case they just bought at shields like yeah we've had that happen here at our local shields too as well <laughs> i had a guy one time that same thing dance he pulled his gun out and he says hey can you help me put this together i'm like whoa uh yeah <laughs> yeah i can help you put it together <laughs> oh yeah this is the safety that's the most important part <laughs> oh exactly like yeah i don't know it's just something about my client shooting is always fun to watch and right. it can always right. hurt. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, but it, and the other, on the other token, I'm we're, we're fortunate. I've got, I've got a handful of clients. I've got some clients that can flat run a shotgun. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> for a, a great example of it is that day that we shot 167 snow geese. It was five guys, right? Oh, None wow. of them had extension tubes. They all had their plugs out, but they all could only fish four shells. Nobody had a tube. Yeah, but no they're kidding. 67. <laughs> but, but two of the kids are Olympic shooters. The dad's amazing himself. They shoot all the time, and they are lights-out shooters. Yeah. Lights-out. There's a lot of things falling. Yeah. <laughs> we said tell them there was things happening every time. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's that's what always makes it fun, too. I mean, that when you right. go out there and people can shoot and see how fun it is for them like that's another piece of it as well right that's the part that i love too as well i I honestly like even if i could shoot with my clients i probably still wouldn't just because i like the part of one watching the geese come in and then two watching their enjoyment as well that's why i tend to carry my phone with me and video what i can yeah um of the hunt of the experience because that's the best part of it is for me, just deceiving geese is cool. Like, I don't even, I could go out, go sit in the pit. I don't have to fire my gun by myself. And if I just watch geese come into the decoys, I'm having a blast. But you still like to shoot them. I, I do. Yeah. He goes with his buddy. Snow he still wants yeah. to Snow geese. Snow geese. <laughs> I could care less if I kill another Canada goose the rest of my life. Yeah. I'll be honest. I've got more than enough throughout the course of my life. Everybody who knows me well I'll enough, say the same thing. Go fun hunting with me. They'll be like, "Yeah, Caldwell won't shoot goose. You won't. You have to make him shoot." Yeah, snow goose. I'll still shoot a snow goose, but you know, but Canada's. I just and I think the only reason I still shoot snow geese is because I'm still I'm mad at them. Yeah, still. Yeah, I'm still mad at snows <laughs> because 
We got screwed before, and we will get screwed next year, too. I yeah. promise you. At some point. At some point. I'm, we've been screwed in Canada, honey. Oh. Just because you're in Canada doesn't mean doesn't it's always mean good. It's a layup. Yeah. Especially in the fall time. So, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no no, I, I hear you on that. I'm always mad at the snow geese, too. That's what keeps me keeps me rolling back, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. So, but, but, yeah, do you guys get to fun hunt at all when you're uh, not – how many days a week do you guys usually guide? Every single day. Pretty much. For the whole about every day for the okay, entire yeah. season. I mean, there are some days where, you know, something may happen if we have a cancellation or something like that. But yeah. generally speaking, there's a group going out pretty much most every day of the season. Okay. It's pretty rare when we don't have a, a, at least a group. And, you know, sometimes we have multiple groups going out. And then, now there are stretches where it's just, for whatever reason, just kind of a weird stretch where there's a couple of days where we don't have a group or something yeah. like that. But for the most part, we're guiding most, pretty much every day. That's almost awesome. Every day. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's, yep. uh, that's great. I mean, keeps you running and gunning and really makes you learn how to dial in those birds. It, yeah. uh, it does. This year as well, too, because we have an extended season this year. So. Oh, really? It, we used to have what's called the early goose season where they would open it up for a week or two weeks in October and we could shoot the local big geese that we have around. Yeah. And this year they had decided that instead of doing the early goose season, they're actually going to just open it up throughout the whole entire state on one specific date. Um, so it's going to make our season that we have here in northern, like Fort Collins, Windsor, Colorado, two weeks longer than it has been. So mm. we're, we're excited, obviously, but we're a little bit nervous yeah 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 well the other part of the equation like colton was talking about though a lot of times you know and you were talking about how mild of a winter we had last year a lot of years when we do get we're really fortunate here in colorado i mean a that we have a you know you you asked about big geese here we do actually have a very big population of resident canada geese i mean i think they they think our resident population is somewhere between 20 and 50,000, I oh, think, wow. resident geese. And then at peak migration, it's not uncommon for us to exceed 250,000, you know, quarter of a million yeah. birds. So, you know, we can get a quarter of a million to 400,000 some years here, in a, and that's in a 60-mile radius. That's not across the whole state. So, I mean, it's wow. very concentrated. But a lot of times what will happen is is as the season progresses, and, and it those birds a lot of little ones the little ones used to not even really stop and and oh. now they're stopping more and more and more every year and a lot of them are just overwintering here they're not even going any farther south hmm. guys in texas will tell you that they're like man we don't get them the way we used to we used to have a lot more that's because a lot of those birds are stopping here and you know and and, and just literally spending the winter but yeah on an average year what will happen is that a lot of those birds that did go on by in the end of the season there in february we'll start backtracking and, and they'll start reverse migrating and start coming back north mm. and a lot of times we're getting migrators in february but they're coming from the south yeah they're coming back north and they're hopscotching their way back north and it can be really good and that's that's what actually makes our goose season so good here in colorado honestly in my opinion probably in my opinion the best yeah. in the nation i mean i've hunted and couple different provinces of canada and i've hunted a lot of other states in the nation and there's good goose hunting all over there's good canada goose hunting all over i think the thing that sets colorado apart is the fact that we actually can get that reverse migration yeah 
make things brand new to where a lot of states they get their migration they get their push that's it mm-hmm. they're done yeah i mean once you get your keys you got them and yeah. that's it with us we get our push that stops and we get a push that goes on down and so those birds a lot of times on a, on a warm year will start backtracking back which was really odd to us last year because we had a kind of a mild winter so to speak where we didn't get a lot of weather yeah but the birds didn't come back early we yeah. also we it's also very odd the last, COVID probably. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> the last the last the last three days of the season were all negative temp like highs yeah. were negative temp oh, wow. and those were the Brutal. best days that we had some of the best days we had in the season yeah it was, it was we shot our limit extremely fast on the last day and the second to last day we shot 40 45 or 50 wow. or something yeah nine or ten man limit and then i mean it can be really good at the end at times with that reverse a lot of those geese you know they go down to texas they get hunted maybe not as hard or maybe they do get as hunted just as hard but they come back and they're new and fresh to the area they're new so, to the area is yeah. What it is. yeah it's not necessarily they didn't get any pressure down there they're just new to the area you know <laughs> It always cracks me up, though, when I hear the terminology of people when they're talking goose hunting, they're like, oh, man, they're fresh ones. These are good ones. You know, they're new. Yeah. Well, they were hunted somewhere, <laughs> whether it was Canada or Texas or Oklahoma. They were hunted. Yeah. I mean, they, they get hunted all, especially the snows. I mean, but, but you know, the migrators are, are always something that can be special. And you can have those special days even here in, uh, you know, in there's a lot of times right there around christmas and all of a sudden you'll be out and it's been kind of tough and you're you're shooting birds and everything and then you just get these mixed flocks that have big ones and mediums and little and all this stuff and they're just bombing in from yeah from the heavens you know and you're going yeah they are not from around here yeah <laughs> no doubt <laughs> but like i said we're very fortunate because we do get them we get them coming and going from both directions. We get we can always a lot of times. It used to be a lot of times in January is when we get our big push of big geese out of the north. And now you know some people say it's global warming, whatever. Yeah. But now a lot of those birds are overwintering farther north, no doubt. But there are years when you know if we get the right weather and they get the right weather and we get enough snow cover up north that it will push them on down into us. A huge thing too, as well as Montana used to just be like known as like a ranching and a, like a pasture ground. So a lot of those geese they would get to Montana, but once Montana would just get a little bit cold, they didn't have good grain fields or anywhere to go feed. Now it's completely changed, right? With agriculture and and such, Montana is holding a lot more geese because they have more grains. Yeah. So this year, I mean, there was a a wintering population of Canada geese in Montana that like people have never seen before stay that long just because it was such mild mild winter yeah They're staying farther north every every year it seems as though anyways and as long as they've got open water and with the way the winters have been in the last several years i mean just not getting the big snowfalls really in reality like yeah. used to and and once it once it covers up their food source you know they'll stick it out even for a while once it does that you know when they get big snows like that but um Pretty much. I mean, even everybody's like, oh, they don't have any open water. Well, these birds around here, they'll stick around out here and sit on the ice for yeah. a week. I yeah. mean, they don't necessarily have to have that moisture, obviously, but for that water. But uh, yeah, that snow cover is, is crucial. And once you get that snow cover up north, they're coming, you know, no doubt about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the snow cover for us is a huge thing. Like, 
it right. snowed hard like 10 inches like in october and then mm. throughout all the way until december 26th it didn't snow once and that mm. just like our birds were so stale and it was just like <laughs> it was brutal right. like we still got after them but it was just like a lot tougher than it should have been and oh, yeah. then like with it being warm and all that kind of stuff it just made for a whole whole mess and then we finally got some snow and it turned out good i mean we had a few good days in the last part of the season but it's just like for us that snow is a big game changer oh yeah oh yeah no doubt yeah no doubt yeah and then like as well like you're talking about the reverse migration uh that you yeah. guys see i was down in texas i got uh invited from toby brolin over at cadillac creek and uh mm-hmm. he was talking about like they see the same thing the reverse migration on like oh yeah they didn't see it this year. Like they really didn't see, like that was weird. Nothing come back up. Like it was just like a weird year for them. Well, it was. It was. It was. It was, it was really a weird, uh, you know, early spring there. And we even noticed. Matter of fact, we were in Nebraska snow goose hunting. We came back. The amount of Canada geese that were still here yeah. on the front range. It quite possibly could have been the latest that we've ever seen. I've never seen them here that late, honestly. Yeah. In in that big amount i mean there was big numbers still here and it was late into march yeah i mean very very late like, into march and i think it was march 23rd i was coming home from a snow goose hunt and i just happened to come home like late one evening and drove by one of our fields that we actually used to lease and it had twenty five thousand geese in it and i've i've never seen it that late there's that many geese around yeah yeah, we had we had big numbers really super late last year, which was interesting too. So I mean, things are changing, obviously. Which that's that's the other part of our equation with our job is we got to roll with the punches and change with them. And and you know we we've looked into some areas and and starting to uh, acquire some areas and in in places where we where we didn't used to hunt yeah. too as well. Um, things are changing. Birds are using different areas. They're using you know different flight lines it's 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 a little bit different every year and there's so many equations to that and whether it be you know wind wind farms or i i I don't know i have no idea what development we've lost a lot of our some of our best farms we've lost to developments where they sell out to the housing industry which is apparently booming here in northern colorado yeah and we will probably like we used to lose I mean, the past, our past recent years, we're losing one or two fields every single year to houses. Mm. Um, this year, I don't think, hopefully, cross our fingers, we won't. Or even just some of them just annexing them into the city. They may not build on them, but they'll annex them into the city limits where. Yeah. We've even had a few things over the years where we had to get a variance through the city. I mean, we were out of town enough, you know, to where we weren't going to be hurting anything with a shotgun shot, but yeah. But we had to have some where we actually were able to get a variance from the city to be able to hunt that ground and inside city limits. And, and so, yeah, it's always, it's always something. Yeah. It's always something. It's a constant, constant deal every year. It's, it, it just, honestly, it never really seems to change. It, it, it's just, it may, you know, it's something you just don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Is yeah. it going to be weather? be weather is it going to be housing districts is it going to be you know the lake freezes of you know this particular roost freezes over this year and we never see that one freeze you know and we're like yeah. oh, i can't believe it froze they left it you know it, 
something different every year and that's that's honestly what makes it enjoyable and fun kind of like what you said i mean that that's part of the equation that that makes it something that keeps you going yeah because if it was if you just went out and shot them every day it would be and, no fun yeah yeah it honestly wouldn't be as much fun as it is it's it's very rewarding and satisfactory you know when you when you put your homework in and things work correctly and and it, and it works great then it's it's hard to be no yeah. doubt. oh absolutely yeah and uh that's the same thing that's the same problem we're kind of having around here too is the suburb just building up <laughs> everywhere right. like yeah losing fields to that and then just not not super ideal but what are you gonna do yeah not much you can do about it that's for sure but yeah i know i don't want to um take up too much more of your guys's time but uh thank you for jumping on and i think we covered a bunch i i had a blast getting to talk with you guys and anything else that you guys would want to kind of go over before we kind of wrap things up Oh, I mean, if anybody wants, if they're if they'd like to come out and hunt with us, we'd we'd love to have them. You can find us on uh, social media outlets, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, as well as our website, just at frontrangeguideservice.com. And uh, just give us a holler. But we'd we'd love to have anybody that's watching or whatever. If they want to come out and get a chance to hunt with us, we like I said, we're not going to guarantee you success, but we're gonna. I will promise you, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you. And more than likely, you're going to get plenty of opportunities to shoot a piece too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think throughout this uh, throughout this podcast, we've kind of talked bad about our goose hunting, but we actually have a really, really good goose hunting, and we cannot complain. I think like this year, we either average between like two to three birds a person every day, which yeah. is pretty good on yeah. on a limit of five geese per person. And we even we've had years where we average four point five geese or 4.6 geese we tally up all of our numbers at the end of the year um and we keep track of everything as far as like what farms we're shooting them on all that stuff so yeah we honestly can't complain we have good goose no it's like i said it it honestly is is and a lot of guys in the industry that have that have been here and no matter who it may be whether it's uh you know fred zink or jeff foils or any of these guys that you know and i've got got the opportunity to meet a lot of those guys and stuff over the years but all of them will tell you that we're very fortunate we are very fortunate absolutely no doubt no doubt all righty gentlemen thank you very much and uh we'll uh talk soon and thanks once again yeah come see us we'd love to have you come out and hunt with us at some point yeah that'd be awesome we'll have to hook up but all righty yeah i'm good thanks bye and that wraps things up today for living the guide life. Um, super fun to talk to Jeff and Colton from Front Range. Super great team and uh, super fun guys to talk to. I mean, you just can't beat it. They really are killers. They know how to kill them out there. They know how to deal with hunting pressure. They know how to deal with them in pits. They know how to run them, I mean, all over. So they really know that area and they really do a good job of hunting those different types of geese that they deal with. I mean, they're hunting lessers at one point, they're hunting big geese. So, you know, to make that switch can be tough. Um, and they have really dialed down. So, and it proves in their numbers and it proves in their clients um, and just keeps them coming back. So hope you guys uh, really enjoyed that one and uh, shoot them a message.